What is going on, guys? You are live here in the sit-down on the Built-in Buffalo Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Of course, I am your host, as always, Sauce God. You can follow me on Twitter right now at Buffalo Sauce God. Of course, Built-in Buffalo is in partnership with Ticket IQ, Picasso's Pizza, West Turn, New York. And the sit-down is proud to announce its partnership with Underdog Fantasy, which we also have a promo code. If you sign up right now, you'll get a deposit match up to $100 by using promo code B-I-B, which stands for Built in Buffalo. So we have a special guest on tonight. We're going to bring him in right after the introduction video, but we're going to get into some fantasy outlooks, some betting lines, and some betting props that you might want to take a look at for this Bills and Steelers game. And of course, we're going to get into the latest on Tredavious White, Josh Allen's status in the MVP conversation, as well as the injury report, our breakdown of the Bills and Steelers game coming up, and much, much more, guys. So hit that like and share. Start with the comments flowing, because I'll tell you what, at the end of the show, we're going to open up the floor to three Super Chat prioritized questions for our special guest, which we're going to bring in here momentarily. So with that being said, Lance, let's go ahead. Let's kick off that music, my friend, and let's get after it. Without further ado, let's go ahead. Let's introduce our special guest, Nate Geary of WGR 550 Sports Radio. Nate, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well, gentlemen. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me along. Of course, and for a lot of us, you know, we actually recognize your voice quite a bit. For those of you that do not know, though, Nate, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself and what you got going on as far as this charity event and your beer, mm. I understand, with the Man Brewery. I got a beer. It's right here. Mm-mm-mm-mm. It's um, quite delicious. I had several of them last weekend with a few hundred of my friends over at Thin Man. Yeah, it was a great event. Um, yeah, so I, I I do Bill's stuff for WGR. I've been there for, if you can believe it, uh, this will be my 10th year. Uh, I'm going on um, since basically my sophomore going into my junior year of college as a uh, internship with the morning show and Matthew Collar and then um here i am a decade later and uh, i do a lot of stuff obviously in pre-game halftime and post-game and really enjoy doing all of that very much um and yeah the charity that i'm doing so i'm doing kind of a month-long fundraiser um for the american cancer society and the real men wear pink campaign sal capaccio my buddy at um at wgr is also doing this he's the one that actually got me into it last year um and i beat him first year i was in so came into nice. the place raised ten thousand dollars and uh we raised ten thousand dollars um oh last friday a week ago from today um uh, at thin man for my event but um all month long you can get these fantastic delicious beers 
Um, on, on the beer is a QR code. And on that QR code, you can make a direct donation um, for our American uh, Cancer Society chapter here in Western New York. We're competing against other cities across the country, New York City, Albany, um, you know, L.A., uh, Miami, you name it, all the big cities, all the big metros. Uh, they're all competing in this contest. Last year, um, our chapter raised over $100,000 uh, here in Western New York in the, in the month of October last year. So I'm really excited about uh, what we got going on this year. Really excited about the beer. It came out fantastic and thin man did an unbelievable job hosting the event and staffing the event and you know think tanking this and, and making this all happen so it was a lot of fun and uh I, I certainly appreciate everyone coming but i got a lot more stuff um coming up this month that i'm uh, that i'm really excited to do and continue raising money for uh for a fantastic fantastic cause nice well, awesome. did you get a chance to try the uh fall as elite brew yet or no not yet. They're, they haven't they haven't given out any uh, exclusive sneak previews of that beer yet, but I'm also excited for that. Unfortunately, um, I'll be doing pregame, so I won't be able to uh, I won't be able to actually be there for the release party at Thin Man. Uh, but I do intend to get my hands on some of that uh, on some of that beer for sure. Nice. Well, awesome. So you guys are joined here with uh, uh, myself, Buffalo Sauce God and Mafia Montage and special guest Nate Geary of WGR. Uh, 550 and you can follow him on twitter right now at nate geary sports you guys can get a little bit more involved with his charity event and find out about his exclusive beer with thin man brewery which by the way i, I definitely am going to have to try at some point so with all Back that being stores. said uh guys we are going to be getting into a lot of stuff here uh nate specializes a little bit in the world of sports betting and fantasy sports so we're going to give you a little bit of the outlook as far as buffalo bills players we're going to get into some of the steelers matchup and of course i don't want you guys to forget that at the end we are going to open up the floor to three questions just three questions which you can ask exclusively right here in the sit down for nate gary to answer of course super chat will be prioritized on youtube but you guys are live here on the sit down on the built-in buffalo network on facebook youtube and twitter so let's uh, with all that being said uh lance i'm going to turn it right over to you i think you got the first question here buddy yeah nate and bill's mafia how you doing uh fantasy outlooks what are we going to look at this sunday with you know dawson knox out We've got some guys that are banged up. Gabe Davis hasn't really produced. I don't think the fantasy numbers anybody really expected. So I would know. <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, guys like Devin Singletary or something like that, you know, who do you think really people should key in on from both teams, but but mainly the Bills uh in this game? Um, yeah, I mean offense is have been able to run the football against Pittsburgh. Um, I, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick's a really big piece. He's going to be healthy and he's playing this game, which is, uh, you know, more than you can say about Jordan Poyer right now for Bills for the Bills defensively. Um, but you can run the football against Pittsburgh. And I do wonder, you know, what that means for a guy like Devin Singletary. And I know we're, we're kind of in the yearly phase of yelling about the number five receiver and the number two or number three running back, right? That's kind of like just yeah. at this point, this is, these are the things we have left to complain as fans. Uh, as people that talk about it for a living. Um, and, you know, James Cook feels eerily similar to the Matt Burita, to the eerily similar to the, you know, you name the running back that you feel like should be playing over Devin Singletary, but just can't seem to compel this coaching staff to, um, you know, to really take that ball away from Devin Singletary, who I think at this point has proven, you know, he is the most relied upon, I think maybe the most trustworthy, you know, running back that they have on the roster. And, you know, I know he put the ball on the ground and, you know, it, it's tough because I think for me, I'd, I'd like to point to this game as maybe a game that James Cook could be a guy that you want to look at because in the passing game, um, that's really where I think people have been waiting for him to pop. And 
it's been disappointing. I know he's been disappointed. And, you know, I people might point to, well, in the opportunities he's been given, he hasn't given a lot of reason to get more of them. But, you know, I think sometimes, especially with the injuries they have and, and the things they want to try to do offensively, it's in it behooves them to try to get him involved, create a couple of plays specifically for him, but also just get him going in the run game because it's just not happening with Zach Moss right now. Um, so I think, you know, running the football, Josh Allen, um, obviously as a fantasy play every week, I, I picked him in a bunch of best ball and, um, and some, uh, some redraft leagues. And I'm very, very excited about my early returns, um, on that selection for myself. And, you know, looking through last week, I actually had a great, uh, between two, a seven and a six leg parlay. Um, now I felt like it was cheating a little bit because I picked the two weather games and the Eagles and bills games, um, and hammered all the unders hammered all the unders and hit all the unders. Um, but you know, it's right now, Josh Allen has led the bills in rushing three of their first four games, um, on top of being obviously, a, a unbelievable top tier passer. So, you know, he's a guy that essentially has scored every single touchdown for this team, um, whether it be through the air or on the ground. So, I mean, he's a good bet to play and, and kind of hammer as many of the, you know, as many of the same game parlay overs as you can hit with a guy like Josh Allen. It just it seems like easy money. He's got his lowest uh, attempt amount through through four games this year is 31, which he did last week against the Ravens in the rain. Uh, and obviously a 63 attempt game uh, against the Dolphins. So um, it, it seems like a pretty, you know, easy case to, to say Josh Allen belongs in any DFS or any, you know, year-long dynasty and or an easy guy, I think, to hammer overs on. Any format, um, on you're going to take Diggs too. and Allen, yeah. right? Yeah, 100%. I, and I know it, with, like, Gabe Davis is tough because the injury, and maybe you want to point to that, he's been a little ineffective. But this is this is why the conversation around Odell Beckham has been. And it's not a knock on Gabriel Davis. It's just was – and that's what a lot of, I think, the, the smart fantasy football people were saying and not necessarily buying the hype um, that was sort of being fed to the, to the media from his last performance at Kansas City and – you know, uh, frankly, throughout the playoffs, so he just kind of took his game to a, n- a new height. And that, to me, will be the important part about this year is can Gabe Davis look like that guy December and January and hopefully into February as well? Yeah, so, I think that people don't need to be so concerned about these guys not producing right away, right? Because really the thing is, let's get everyone to January so that they can be at their best at that point rolling into the playoffs. And it's kind of weird to think that way as a Bills fan, right? Because it's just so against how I grew up anyway. You know, uh, yeah. I, I was, you know, four or five, six for the for the good years. And then after that, it was like just heartbreak at City, right? So um, it's so weird to be wired differently and to have to um, and think about that. But I think that's really it. It's like, uh, you know, even though these guys maybe aren't consistent um, week to week with a fantasy performance, right. you know, they're doing their job, you know, on the field and doing, you know, Gabe's playing 98% of snaps last week, right? It's just, and he's a great run blocker and he plays, he, he does kind of little things that maybe aren't glorified the wide receiver position, but he's been kind of a tough fantasy play this year. You know, early in our bills, media dynasty league, I'm kind of a wheeler and dealer in that league. And I lost in the championship to Bruce Nolan and, Bruce, Bruce kind of cheats. He'll never tell you, but he's a dirty cheater. I don't say that Bruce, no one. No, I'm just kidding. He's a sweet, sweet man. Uh, He never does anything wrong. Um, But um, I traded him to Pat Moran um, and I got Deandre Swift uh, who, you know, when he's healthy is one of the best fantasy running backs in, in all the league, but hasn't been healthy so far. I'm down to four guys on the IR right now at the running back position. So I'm, I'm, I'm down bad right now in the fantasy football realm, 
Um, but yeah, this, this offense has sort of been perplexing because I think a lot of people were expecting Dawson Knox to take the step into like top five, like the yeah. Mark Andrews and the, yeah. kind of the like Travis Kelsey. last year at the beginning. Yeah. And it just, you know, the, the targets have not been there. He has not really, uh, you know, impacted the game in those ways, which I think is, you know, surprising for me uh, as someone that kind of bought into his fantasy stock, but also bought into his stock with them committing the, you know, contract to him right before the start of the season. Um, yeah. You know, that indicated to me that this is an offense that that might start to feature him, but we have not seen that game plan play out just yet. And I think part of the reason he has failed to get going is because of the what he's sort of being asked to do because of the injuries that have happened along the offensive line. And, you know, especially that Miami game, he's essentially that sixth offensive lineman. Uh, that's before he goes out um, with heat exhaustion in that game. But, you know, I think a lot of times he's being asked to stay in and not really run the same amount of impact routes that he used to ran that he ran last year. But I, I think that's sort of the missing piece to this team's deep game right now. Everyone's talking about how they've really had to take what these cover two shell defenses have been sort of giving them, which I agree with. They haven't been able to run into very, very run, you know, good run looks. Let's put it that way. Um, they've really not found any success. They have getting the ball out to the perimeter quickly and those RPO games from under center and sort of getting the ball out. Um, so I think for me, I, I was sort of expecting that that step from Dawson Knox. And it's not to say that it won't happen this year, but through a quarter of the season, um, at least to me, it, it appears that, you know, he's, he's kind of like the third or fourth option in this offense, which is a surprise. Uh, but Isaiah McKenzie has been a really good uh, fantasy guy, especially if he was like yeah. a deep stash for me and my, a couple of dynasties last year. Um, I don't know if you play a dynasty owner or not, but I'm in a couple of those dynasty leagues as well. And Isaiah has just been like, all right, great. <laughs> and here's the best part about it, right? Is, you know, I, for me, he's wide receiver number 23 right now. Uh, I think, I think in PPR, maybe that's standard scoring formats, uh, yep. but he catches touchdowns. He's a weapon in the red zone. He's, he's got the speed to separate in those, those small places. Um, so yeah, uh, I it's, but, but again, it's been kind of a conundrum outside Diggs and Allen. There has not been a consistent number two in this offense. You might look to, I think, definitely Singletary right now, both in the receiving game. Um, but as a runner too. And that's, I think maybe the, been the biggest surprise, like how much um, Devin Singletary has been a big part of the, the passing offense. So I wanted to ask you real quick. And of course you guys are live here in the sit down in the built in Buffalo network with myself, mafia montage and special guest, Nate Geary. So obviously we know Stefan Diggs is a real wide receiver. Number one for any team, Josh Allen's QB one for any team. Some people say that Devin Singletary is running back one, but with Dawson Knox out, that is some teams is tight end number one. So Let's take a look yeah. outside of our, our number ones is a guy like Quentin Morris, a viable option. And we talked about Gabe Davis, but is a guy like maybe even Sh Khalil Shakir under the radar? Are those guys some viable options for other teams out there? Um, <laughs> Happens. Of course. Uh, here we go. Do we have him? Yeah, yep, I, I think we got you. Uh, my, my, my thing fell off. All right. Well, you know, that, that, that'll happen, I guess, during uh, the middle of the podcast. <laughs> Anytime um, that we get talking about bills, man, my hands just start flying. I start knocking stuff over. I guess, uh, I guess I'll just take this off for now and, and use it as a hand mic. Um, where were we since, since this distracted? Well, me? outside of Stefan Diggs, outside yes. of Josh Allen and Dawson Knox, who are some other viable options for people's fantasy teams this week, as far as Bills players? That's, that's right. And you were kind of mentioning Khalil Shakir there, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm not sure they're like worthy of some kind of 
late add or, you know, what they'll potentially do in this game. Like Shakir is an interesting one for me um, at this point, only because you're, you're down Jamison Crowder. And I think if you're looking at Shakir, that was kind of the role I envisioned for him anyways. He kind of has all the nuance that you want from a slot receiver, um, kind of being able to move with fluid, you know, fluidity on both sides, right to left, run those option routes. And, you know, in this Josh Allen-led offense that he kind of rewards guys who are smart and, and, and capable of stopping and knowing when to stop and when to continue on their routes, stem them, or, or sort of stop their routes to find those zones. So um, Shakir's an interesting one, but I, I think McKenzie's the guy this week um, that may benefit the most. And I know he's been in concussion protocol all week, um, but there's an expectation he's probably playing based on um, his availability of practice this week. He wasn't in a, a red no-contact jersey of practice today, which – would signal he'll be ready for Sunday's uh, game against the Steelers. But I would think um, that Isaiah McKenzie might be the best beneficiary here of, of, you know, kind of a banged up Gabe Davis and uh, no more Jamison Crowder. And obviously no more Dawson Knox. Not that Knox was commanding eight to 10 targets a game, but the five to six that he was seeing, and they could basically go exclusively to a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. I think he's the real easy play for me this week. And I know we were just talking about him, but, He's been, um, really since training camp, a really a, a nice, pleasant surprise for this offense. All right. I love it. So, of course, you guys are live here on the sit-down. If you haven't done so already, hit that like and share. Hit that retweet. Hit that follow button, of course. We are in partnership with Underdog Fantasy with promo code BIB, which will get you a deposit match up to $100 if you just simply use that code. So, with that being said, let's go ahead. Let's take a look at some of the betting lines for this week and some player props. But before I talk anything spreads, Nate, I had to ask you because – I'm I'm 28, right? First time I ever sports bet, I lived in Las Vegas for a brief moment of time. I was 21, where back then you could only sports bet in the state of Nevada. So I have about seven years of betting experience. But back when I was 21 and I first started betting, I put the bills on a parlay card once and I just felt wrong about it. Mm. So for ever since then, I've always felt like it's just bad juju. I cannot touch. I don't care if it's over. I don't care if it's bills spread. I cannot touch it. What do you think when it comes to the superstition of betting and, and putting it on something like the bills as a bills fan? I love it. Uh, I'm not a huge line better. Like I, I, I love the same game parlays. I love the player props. Um, I feel like there's a level of skill to picking player props and a level of, I think cadence too, because I think if you do enough research, if you look at the raw numbers and you go into a matchup um, and you see what guys have done historically. And, and if you kind of understand and can comprehend the information, I feel like, you know, as a fan of a team or someone who has a, a good knowledge of a team, you're at the advantage. And it's tough, I think, in the same game parlay situation to bet a certain game that maybe you don't follow that team and, and you don't understand, you know, what should, especially like a, a perfect example is trying to bet the Washington Commanders, right? I mean, you want to look at Terry McLaurin and say, oh, yeah, we're hammering the overs. Just Gary Terry, one of the best receivers in the league, just signed his contract extension. And then you're like, oh, Curtis Samuel, well, well, man, over four and a half catches. Oh, man. Then you start to look at you like, oh, oh, well, Jahan Dotson, who gets 10 targets in a game and leads the all rookies with receiving touchdowns. And, you know, then you were you were supposed to think that the tight end um, who's now escaping Logan Thomas, the, Logan Thomas um, <laughs> former quarterback. you know, and then and then you got the disaster at the running back position right now with yeah. uh, with Brian Robinson being uh, entered back into the lineup. So, no, I 
I love betting um, on the Bills. Um, I, I love putting together the same game parlays. I think they're fun as hell. Um, you know, I use I use Caesar Sportsbook and I use Underdog. Um, it's my two kind of go to um, prop betting. I like Underdog a lot because it's pretty straightforward. You yeah, really look at that. The odds. Yeah, um, that really sponsor for us, Nate? You know? Would you? Yeah, listen, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you, it is. I think one of the best, um, you know, daily fantasy, you know, quote unquote fantasy. I know it's betting, but it's sort of like that daily betting. Betting it, it sort of has replaced DFS for me. I don't really play much yeah. DFS anymore. Um, I've yeah. that's sort of been replaced by same game parlays, and, and particularly with underdogs. So, um, yeah, I've I guaranteed underdog, twenty times your money on a five. Uh, I mean, five five dollar five dollar on a five play parlay to win a hundred bucks is. Um, it's easy money. Insane. So not, not easy money. I mean, there, there, there is a level of skill that it takes, but, um, yeah, no, I, I've been a big fan and, and, and I really enjoy the, you know, uh, underdog, you know, will limit you to like four or five Josh Allen bets. If you go to like, you know, I'm a big Caesar Sportsbook guy. Um, they'll give you, you know, rushing yard, you know, rushing yard props for four guys on each side. And they'll give you, you know, total receptions, five guys, six guys on each side. So um, if you do enough research, you follow your team enough. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I hit on a seven leg Bills bet last week uh, in the rain and then a six leg Eagles bet. Um, and I ended up winning six hundred fifty five bucks in a twenty five dollar bet. So not too, uh, not 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 too bad for a weekend's work. That ain't fucking peanuts right there. That's some. Don't, don't tell the IRS though. Don't tell the IRS. <laughs> you got to keep that hidden, of course. That's so right. I mean, like anytime I I I look at bets, obviously I always like to go over. It's life is too short to bet the under, and it's like it it sucks when you're seeing unless it it's raining. Happen. Unless, Unless there's a hurricane, raining, then you then you hammer it. You just hammer the hell. Unless out there's of a it. hurricane, and then damn it, you, you hit the unders. I mean, I put both unders on passing attempts. Easy um, unders on well, no, both unders on passing attempts. Both unders on field goals. Um, so those that those are the easy ones. You can uh, what was it? Uh, San Fran and, and the Rams game. Come on, I mean those are easy ones. Pick the kicker yeah. overs. Um, that, that's easy, and they give you high odds. I mean, high pluses, plus one fifty, plus two hundred on those uh, kicker odds. And it's like, man, come on, everybody kicks field goals when they shouldn't, except for the Bills. They don't. They don't. But um, yeah, no, this I'm I'm all about betting the Bills right now. I can't believe you you feel like it's bad juju. Yeah, I just I don't know the what same it is. thing. You know, I'm such a superstitious fan that I feel like Listen, okay, like I am too. You'll notice that I wear the same thing. On yeah. every pregame broadcast, I just, I, ju I just do. And actually, I didn't wear the same thing for the Dolphins game. And now same, I'm like, same. <laughs> now I'm, I'm, I'm I am also very superstitious. But betting is different. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's just, it's just a game within a game that makes you more vested in an already very vested situation. You know. And that's kind of why I, first off, I love sports betting because I'm not trying to win my rent money, right? I mean, like I like to put in parlay tickets for, you know, 10, 15 bucks and yeah. win a couple hundred, something like that. But I think for me, it, it makes other football games more interesting, especially at one o'clock when we had Sunday ticket, you're looking at all these games or you're waiting for the Buffalo Bills. It makes it more interesting. So I think maybe in a sense, maybe it is a little bit in my head, but I'm, I'm I've, every week I've been thinking about it because it's like on my no do not bet list. Them and the Colts and the, the Broncos are on my do not bet list. So maybe one of these times I'll have to take it off. But let's take a look at those lines right now. Um, and, of course, I checked right before we actually went live. The Bills are currently favored 14 points. And for those of you that don't know in the world of sports betting, that means the Bills have got to win by 14 
or more in order to push or win the bet. The over-under is 45.5, which means the total points scored has got to be over or under that 45.5 mark. The Bills' money line is minus 900, meaning them to win. You'd have to put $100 just to win, I think, nine. So you don't want to do something like that. And the Pittsburgh money line is plus 611. So what do you think of those lines uh, when you see them, Nate? Staying the hell away from it uh, is what I'm thinking. I, I would would – I would want to feel like I'd want to put a lot of money on Pittsburgh covering that 14 point spread. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the first or the last team in NFL history and during the, you know, legal betting era or just betting era that they've ever been a 14 point dog in any game. Uh, I heard that from Trey Wingo uh, from Caesar Sportsbook talk about that, that this is the largest spread in Steelers history. Um, a story franchise, no more, I guess. Um, but I hate that 45 number. Um, I could easily see it hitting. I could see, I could see it being under, um, and I could see the bills scoring 40. Um, and you know, so like I, I'm, I want nothing to do with the money line with the spread or, or points in this game. I'm just going to scroll right down to the passing touchdowns. Easy. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett over yes. under pass touchdowns is 0.5. Hit that over all day. Come on. He's going to throw a touchdown. It's his first start. He had three interceptions last week. And then what you also want to do is I think you want to hit the Kenny Pickett over on the rushing yards as well. Only 18 and a half. And then if you find Kenny Pickett in the anytime touchdown, I also like him to be the guy that takes it up the middle on a quarterback sneak. I'm going hard on the Kenny Pickett overs because they're so low and depreciated because it's his first start. Yeah, I definitely like those. I mean, hey, those are some really great props because the ones that I was kind of taking a look at beforehand and not that I'm going to bet them, but I like the Josh Allen over 271 and a half passing yards and that's for FanDuel. But even though that like some people might think it's the Steelers, we might come out a little soft. This isn't the same scenario when we had week one last year. Like this is a much different Bills team. We're already getting to that point where we're almost to the middle of the season. So it's a much different scenario. But I also wanted to bring this up too. When it comes to that 14 number, if it was 16, I'd be terrified, right? Because I don't know what it is, but 16-point spreads are usually trap games. And I'll bring up two examples. Last year against the Jaguars and then against the Minnesota Vikings in 2018 when we pulled up that plus 1,600 money line upset in Josh Allen's rookie year. So I like that you're telling people to stay away because – Let's just see the Bills win the game. Take some prop bets like uh, Nate Geary's telling us to. Let's win some money, and let's stay the hell away from those lines. I definitely like stay, that. Stay away from the lines. And, like, honestly, like on, on Caesars right now, for total receptions in this game, Isaiah McKenzie, three and a half. Dig, six and a half. Davis, three and a half. And Singletary, two and a half. I'm taking every single yeah. over that I can get right there. I Singletary's mean, that, two and a half? Is that what you said? Yeah. For, what? Oh, my God. Crazy. But just look at. Oh, my God. If you just took those What's four. The max? Plus, bet on that. plus 1300 for if you're taking the over on each of those. I think that's easy. That's a nice $10 bet to win 130 right there. I mean, you can't go wrong with something like that. Well, beautiful. Of course, you guys are live here in the sit-down on the Built-in Buffalo Network, uh, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. If you haven't done so already, hit that like and share. Keep those comments flowing because at the end, we will open up the floor to three exclusive questions with Super Chat being prioritized. Of course, here for our special guest, Nate Geary of WGR 550. So with that being said, Lance, I'll go ahead and I'll let you take over this next question. And uh, for those of you out there, you might want to pay attention. Yeah, Nate, I'm going to make you work a little bit here, buddy. I, I'm sorry that we're bringing Love you on a it. friendly show here. But God, you guys pay is, well, so I'm good. There is nothing on Trey White. What are we doing? Like, why can't we get any information on Trey White? Why is it so tight-lipped? And, like, there's just, like, I feel like there's not a setback or anything. And, like, if there was any change to the Bills' plan, we would have heard about it. 
but the plan must be unknown to everyone because nobody knows what the heck's going on. Right. Or, you know, it's like, what are we missing here? We, we keep, you know, looking for these information. We're, we're kind of hoping this week we might hear something cause he's eligible, but still I haven't heard much of anything but deflection. Uh, and I would tell you, that's probably the plan. Um, is not so, talk a lot about it. Um, this is not a franchise that airs its laundry very often. Uh, there's also not a lot of leaks that come within, um, you know, before, uh, McDermott and Bean got to Buffalo, it was a leaky ship. You know, Jason Lock on Flora had every scoop, uh, cause that was Doug Willis boy. Um, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think right now they are, prioritizing the player's long-term health and long-term availability to the season um, over any short-term gain they can get by putting him in. And listen, I think um, I think the play of Christian Benford, who I know is obviously hurt, um, the play of Kyer Elam, who's been, who's been a really solid first quarter of his season. Um, and then obviously Dane Jackson has been a really steadying hand. I don't think they're motivated right now to rush anything with Tredavious White and um, you know, you saw the Buccaneers rush back, you know, Chris Godwin, and then he sustains a, a pretty significant, you know, hamstring injury. I know he's back and he's back playing and, but in week one, I mean, 10 plays into his first, uh, you know, his first, uh, season or first game of the year, um, you know, he pulls a hamstring. And I think that's what the bills really want to sort of probably get him going and get him running downhill and, and get a little momentum with him before I, I would not expect your Davis white to play before the bye week. Um, I think if you target that Sunday night football game against um, Green Bay as a, as a potential game to bring him back, I think you could absolutely look at that as a as a real viable option. Um, but I, even then, I think he'll be you know on a snap count. I don't I don't expect him just to walk in and play hundred uh, you know play hundred percent of the snaps. So um, listen, I I think it's smart. They're still playing all these injuries. Um, I think if this is a playoff game, Jordan Poyer and Dawson Knox are playing football. Um, but I think, you know, they're kind of seeing the forest through the trees and they're making sure that their team um, is healthy for the long term. And I think most years you'd view having a week six or week seven, I think it is, uh, bye week as sort of a disadvantage. I think you're really looking at it as a huge advantage for yourself right now, knowing how you've struggled early on with injuries. Get a week to get right and and and, and get back to business. So um, I think it's a really well-timed bye week. And I think that's really where you should probably start circling your calendars to see 27 on the field. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to say uh, anything about him at least, you know, starting to practice though. I mean, uh, or just the day he actually starts practicing is when you'll you'll hear something. Yeah, that and you know, you're probably they they just they've they've really historically been very close to the chest on this kind of stuff, or close to the vest. I mean, and they they don't say a lot, um, but it has been interesting that they've it's been very mum. He looked good. I mean, in Rochester when I was at training camp, I mean, he was off to the side doing pretty strenuous exercises that you wouldn't be doing if you know you weren't close, close to football action but yeah I mean, here we are so when i kind of take a look at the tredavious white situation as you know somebody on the outside looking in with no information yeah i mean the way that i look at it is like you said you don't want to rush him back um especially in today's light with how we're seeing in recent news players being rushed back from injury and what it's done. So I've always liked that the Buffalo Bills are never the type of team that seem to ever press players to, to get out there and go, because obviously we would have felt more comfortable 
you know, having Ty Irlam and Dane Jackson and Christian Benford, if Tredavious White was out there as well. So I think that everybody was, you know, hoping, but why rush him back if you're getting, I think in every single game that we've played defensively, we have kept ourselves in the football game. It's just been, it's, it's more of our offense uh, trying to click, but I think that you can't ask much more of a defense. So if it's working, you don't want to rush him back, right? Because he's coming off of an ACL injury and it's because, he is so crucial to this defense and what we have planning uh, going forward that you want him in the long run. So Bills Mafia, I think that we uh, just definitely need to let the Bills and Trey White uh, kind of do this on their own timing and, you know, just kind of uh, let Kyrie Lam keep doing it because you know what? I think that this is great for a guy like Kyrie Lam because, you know, from uh, pressure creates diamonds. And that's kind of what we saw in Trey White's rookie year, you know, mm-hmm. being thrown to the wolves and tasked with some of the uh, tougher jobs and, that's what we've seen out of Kyrie Lam thus far, and Dane Jackson should be good to go. I know that we're going to miss Christian Benford, but ultimately, I think that Bill's pass rush has really made such a difference that we're we're kind of right now not missing the uh, you know the presence of Trey White necessarily. So, you know, I appreciate that uh, update too. So, guys, we are live here in the sit down. Of course, we are in partnership with Underdog Fantasy, promo code BIB for your first deposit match up to $100. And, of course, Built in Buffalo is in partnership with Wester, Ticket IQ, and Picasso's Pizza, which Pete DiBiase says is the best pizza in Buffalo. I have to disagree. We're not going to get into that. But, of course, pretty close. I'll let the – yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, damn it's good. Pretty, it's up there. It's yeah. up there. But, it's very uh, so. Bruce Bruce Nolan and Mrs. Nolan would tell you that it's their favorite pizza in Buffalo because it's the only one I've introduced them to. But um, – there's something unique about Picasso's that no other Buffalo pizza has. They just that? have like that that crack Parmesan garlic drip. I don't know crumble on top. I don't know what it kind is. Of like a seasoning crumble on top. Of it. I don't yeah. know what it is. I just know the sound it makes when it hits my stomach. So um, it's um, it's one of my favorite pies in Buffalo. But I, I would agree. I don't, I don't think they're the best, but they are a firm number two for me. Okay. I, I actually had it for dinner tonight, and I'm going to have another slice when I get upstairs. So I can't wait. Fair I, I, the only reason I, I lived across the street from Just Pizza, so I'll probably get Just Pizza tonight. Um, but I think my favorite, I mean, my favorite, favorite pizza is kind of a, it's a toss up. There's, there's two spots. I really love Macy's. Macy's is probably my favorite cheese and pepperoni pizza. And I know Nick, the owner, would probably close his ears because he's got so many other amazing pizzas for me to pick the simple cheese and pep i just think it's it's as good as it gets but i also really love imperial a lot imperials imperials banging so before we move on to uh uh, lance's next question for both you and i nate uh i actually wanted to since people call me sauce guy i wanted to tell you it's because i'm a wing connoisseur my sauces are the fucking it's 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 godly right what is your favorite wing spot like if you had to give me just one right now, because I always give one out at the very end, but I'm curious to what your spot would be. So I, I failed to mention in pizza, by the way, that really, if you're a sauce god, you got to know about Carbones. You know about Carbones? Yes, I do. Rochester and Buffalo, my friend. Carbones sweet sauce Oof. is, is grade A. Yeah. mint. Exactly. He gets it. It's very good. Nate's getting saucy. Um, let me give you a, so first of all, Imperial's barbecue are the best in Buffalo char on the char grill Ooh. barbecue. Them and Lenovo have some of the best. Lenovo, I was going to say yes. Um, but if you're looking for a place that, you know, people don't talk a lot about the wings, 
Pat Moran would love me to say the Mulberry in Lackawanna. It's an Italian restaurant, yes. but it does have some darn good. I, I will say their wings are darn good. Um, Sunny Reds, Lackawanna. Really damn good wings. Um, but I would be, man, I, I got so many, but 9 11. 9 Tavern. Oh, 9 11 is the wing. It's the wing. It's the wing to save all wings. Yep. And it's like funny because they were like actually the afterthought on the wing trail, but they weren't open for so long during COVID, man. They're, yep. they're special. Yep. But one spot that you definitely have to check out too, I'm going to give you a recommendation, is on Thursday nights at the Big Tree Inn right there in Orchard Park. Ooh. I don't know if you've ever been, but I've had wings. 95 Very cents. good. Dude, they are. And Lance has been there with me. And he, I told him, you know, you have to stop in there with me. But it's also a great spot because of the Bills history that's existed in there. The stories I've heard about the 90s Bills in there are just insane. And uh, quick shout yep. out to my buddy Jefferson in there. That's a bar regular. So. Of course, you guys got a wing recommendation from Nate Geary of WGR 550 that's joining multiple, us. Multiple, actually, multiple yes, wing recommendations yes, and pizza. And it looks like one of our one of the people here live, uh, Dan, had some carbones tonight. And I am jealous. I am jealous of you having some carbones. I might have to might have to go get some carbones in between now and my podcast at nine. All right, so let's move on because I'm, I'm getting absolutely too hungry. We I'm, are going to move on started. to our next subject, which uh, Mafia Montage, go ahead and ask the question. And let's see. We'll let uh, Nate answer this first. Yeah, uh, it's two part, but I'm most interested in the second part, obviously, is, you know, is Josh Allen your front runner right now for MVP? And then what does he have to do to actually win it at the end of the season? Because you have these games where um, the weather is playing a part and he's just subpar. Uh, We're not even clicking for a while last week, you know, you know, yeah. so, some some like he's not scoring the points like the Miami game is just not, you know, the best, uh, you know, didn't have the touchdowns, I guess. But not. so, I mean, if we're. Going on, you know, maybe two games where he kind of lights it up and two games where it's not so great scoring so many points, you know, does that still get him the award at the end of the day? Or is it more about just the Bills winning with him putting up, you know, pretty spectacular, you know, I said the numbers are still pretty darn spectacular. So, Yeah, no doubt. And I would tell you that, yeah, he's the front runner right now. And I think, you know, getting that fourth quarter comeback last week against the, the Ravens really helped his case and really outdueling Lamar Jackson. Um, I think helped his case. Listen, he accounts for a hundred percent of this team's touchdowns for the first four games. Um, he's got them out to a three and one start. And I think to your point, Lance, like I, and because this team it's going to end up at 12, 13, 14, however many wins they end up having in this game or uh, in this season, because they'll be there in that conversation and be a, a team that will likely have the best odds to win a Super Bowl going into the playoffs. He'll probably have the best opportunity because he accounts for more offense. It is the most important to his team, most valuable, hard to make a case that there's a, there's a more valuable player to their team. Now, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I think is going to be right there with, with Josh all season long, but Josh will have the head to head. Um, against him. And I think that might really kind of be the the difference maker for Josh if it comes down to Lamar and Josh. But right now, I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not in that conversation any longer. And, you know, I think he sorely misses Devont, uh, Devontae Adams. And, and I know he's starting to get some of these young guys, these young receivers to play better. But Brady's not there this year. Uh, and, and obviously it's kind of a three-horse race right now. I think, you know, it's it's kind of between Mahomes and Herbert has played well, uh, but not at the same level as the as, as kind of the 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 other two and Mahomes and Allen have played. And and I think you know Lamar's worth noting in any of the conversations you're having about the top three, top four quarterbacks in the league. Lamar's right there with it with Allen, Mahomes, and and Herbert. So yeah, I, I think Allen's the front runner um, right now. And, and I mean that could change, but I, I, unless 
you know, James Cook becomes Arian Foster in the next 10 weeks, there's not a lot of alleviating the the value, you know, the value that that Josh Allen has to this offense and to this team um, over other quarterbacks across the league. And, and this is a quarterback award. Uh, make make no mistake about it. There there will be J.J. Uh, Watt doesn't win it with 100 sacks in a season um, or however many he had last year. Um, you know, no, de- no defensive player. Nobody else is winning this award. It's 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 a quarterback award. So uh, when I look at this award race, obviously, I think before last week's matchup against Baltimore, I think Lamar Jackson at that point was the front runner just because he had the more total touchdowns than um, every team except for the Lions. Right. But obviously, Josh Allen was right there behind him, which we know he's also got more touchdowns than most teams as well. So. I thought that Lamar and Josh had an opportunity to really show which one was ahead in the race because I said that they were 1A and 1B at that moment, and Josh outdueled them, and he also showed that he could put the team on his back at any given moment, and that's why I left when I saw that usual negativity coming from some Bills fans, you know, oh, what do we do? I never had any anxiety because I know JA 17 was back there at QB one. And I know what he means to this offense, but like you said, Nate, it's, it's what he contributes overall, but it also, he's on the best team that has the the biggest ambitions right now. I think a lot of people were saying Patrick Mahomes is that no Patrick Mahomes is playing lights out football, but at the same time, is he asked to do as much as Josh Allen is? I don't think so. I also just think that the way that Kansas city has been run, their offense has always been clicking and Pat Mahomes is just doing what Pat Mahomes is doing. But I think Josh Allen is doing different things. And I think that we also got a glimpse of that last year against Kansas city that, we might have lost that game, but Josh really was that better quarterback because of what he did in the limited time that he had. I mean, just from dropping back on that first one and tossing an absolute bomb to Gabe Davis to kind of get that comeback started. So I think Josh definitely right now is the front runner. When I look at other guys, though, Lamar is still up there. Pat Mahomes is definitely still in the conversation. Jared Goff is in the conversation, too. Hell yes, Jalen, he is. And Jalen Hurts, obviously, too. You cannot have Jalen Hurts out of that conversation. Loved him, my man, Jared Goff. But I think that what Josh Allen does is just he does it more efficiently than those uh, those other guys, and I think that he just does it in a much more impactful way where, you know, Jalen Hurts has had a, a couple really great games, but ultimately he's had everything clicking for that Eagles team where the Bills have had a couple moments where they were not clicking. So I think if he wants to win this award, statistically – Last year and the year before, he definitely could have been in conversation to win the award. We know he finished second in 2020. And I think if he limits the turnovers and continues to play efficient football, I like that his completion percentage is higher. I like that his passing yards are looking to be um, possibly the highest in his career. I think that overall he just needs to continue to – I don't need to see him run for 70 yards a game and a touchdown every single game, but I definitely just need to see him command this offense the way that he has thus far. And I think that he's going to continue from this point on. So um, yeah, that's my opinion on that. Uh, Mafia Montage, what do you think as far as Josh Allen in this award? Yeah, no, I think it's his um, to take. And I was just interested more so on, you know, if the, if the way the season has gone so far continues, is it still, and I, I was more thinking, um, uh, I think I was thinking about it backwards. So when Nate said that, that's right. Is that, yeah, hundred percent of a team's touchdowns, it doesn't get any more important than that. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. like literally this whole offense is going to go and this team is going to go as Josh Allen goes. And I think that it's, I think people were maybe thinking this year that they would step away from that sort of 
uh, a little bit to be able we to have a little it, bit of help. Yeah, we're not and it's it. just even almost more, right? It's just like he is just everything to this team, and and it's so great because the city and and the fans embrace it so much, and then he embraces them back. I think it's just a match made in heaven right now. So it's it's nice to see. And yeah, a guy like Justin Herbert could come down and and make some noise, especially you know I think that Justin Herbert's going to be a top three quarterback for you know as long as he is at an elite level in this league. Um, but I think that right now the Chargers are playing under the level that we thought they would, and I think that ultimately Josh just has the touchdowns, he has the wins, yeah. and he has he has obviously too with the with the seventeen point comeback last week as well, so that adds to it. But let's move on to our next subject. Of course, we're live here in the sit down on the built in Buffalo Network with myself. The Buffalo Sauce God on Twitter, and of course, Mafia Montage, which you can follow him at Mafia Montage, and of course, our special guest, Nate Geary at Nate Geary Sports, of course, from WGR 550, the voice of the Bills. Are you are you pregame, halftime, and postgame, Nate? Yeah, I do uh, network pregame, so I'm I'm on starting with Jeremy White at 8, and then um, Joe and I, Jody Biasi and I do the countdown to kickoff show from, um, from 10 to 11, and then we take back over from 12 Twelve thirty, kick it to Murph, and then I do halftime, and and then the post game show. Usually on like a one kick o'clock game. Murph. I love that. Yeah, and then I'm and then I'm, um, you know, during primetime games, I'm the network post game show. But during like the standard one or four o'clock games, I'll be the post post game show after, um, after Chopin Bulldog. Of course, and uh, I usually I know that Nate has the phone lines open on pregame. I've definitely called him myself I before. Um, so yeah, guys, if you want to get a chance to talk bills, you know, come with some real knowledge and some stuff to talk about. But I'll tell you what, Nate, uh, it's always nice to hear your voice on WGR five fifty. It's always getting me absolutely amped for the game. So of course we're happy to have you on here. But let's move on to our next subject, which is one that I think people have talked about a lot in the offseason, especially with a guy like Jordan Poyer making a case for defensive player of the year. But let's go ahead. Let's take a look. I have a graphic right here uh, at some of these Bills future contracts and who will be some of the most important people to keep. So I'll pull this up right mm -hmm. here for you. You guys can see Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, Case Keenum. Obviously, we know we got him um, on the one year. Roger Saffold, uh, Jordan Phillips, Devin Singletary, Tommy Sweeney, Jamison Crowder, Dane Jackson, Cam Lewis, Shaq Lawson, Jake Kumaro. So I'm going to ask you, Nate, uh, and then I'm going to also ask Lance next, uh, who do you think right now is the absolute most important to keep, especially with guys like Jordan Ployer, uh, playing so well and also Tremaine Edmonds also playing incredibly well? Who do you think is most important to keep going forward? You want me to go first? Yes, sir. Really? Because I think people are going to be upset with my answer. It doesn't matter. I think it's Tremaine Edmonds. I, and listen, I know, you know, for me, I I've kind of, I've, I've definitely changed my overall tune on Jordan Poyer. Um, I mean, he's an all pro he's the lifeblood of this defense as it stands right now. I, you know, I think if I had to choose and I think I was doing this, if I had to choose between Poyer and Hyde, um, I would have gone with Hyde and only because of, I think he's just kind of, they, and, and how much they're the same, there are some slight differences and, Hyde is a special, special um, guy when the ball's in the air. And mm. I think his versatility, not that Jordan isn't versatile, he's also very versatile, but I think if you asked me to pick one of those two guys, I would have I would have taken Micah Hyde. Um, mm. And that is not to slight Jordan in any way. I think Jordan is the, the second most important player not named Josh Allen on this football team. And, um, you know, I think for me, it was very unfortunate um, – 
you know, this season that they lost Micah and those two together are the best safety tandem, you know, full, full. I don't want to hear another option kind of way. Um, but Tremaine Edmonds is 24 years old. He's starting to play his best football. They finally put an interior off a defensive line in front of him um, that could keep him a little clean. Daquan Jones, maybe most particular has been what I think maybe the most underrated signing for this Bills defense is how he lets these linebackers operate. It's no, you know, it's no, uh, you know, luck or no chance that Matt Milano is also having his best season as a bill uh, behind this defensive line. So, yeah, I, I as much as I would tell you that even with the Hyde injury, and I'm not so certain that Hyde might never play in the NFL again. I mean, the, the, the injury he sustained and, and the surgery he's likely going to undergo, of, I mean, a fusion surgery in your neck is I'm not reporting that or anything, but the the, the way that the, the hit that he took and the, the fact that he's looking for a second opinion to me, you know, kind of screams someone told you you should get a fusion and that's not really conducive to playing a lot more football, especially at that position. So even knowing that if you lost both your safeties next year, I, 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 I have, again, I've, I've kind of done a, a turn on this a bit. I, I would really like for them to find a way to keep Poyer, but between Poyer Oliver's another name too that isn't necessarily on that list because he's not a free agent. Yep, two thousand twenty-four comes up. Yep, but Oliver might be the most important for me long term to get done. But if I'm looking at the next at the next important guy right now that's going to be coming up next year, Tremaine Edmonds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, uh, and and I got some comments on that. But Mafia Montage, what do you think about that? Because honestly, that was a really good take on that. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I think that Edmonds has been somebody that people, and I know that's why Nate was hesitant to say it at first, but um, I am a big Edmonds guy as well. And I think that he's been so young and asked to do so many different things. But the fact that he calls the defense out, he gets these guys in the positions they need to be in up front and in the line in the second level. And, you know, he's just the heartbeat of that defense. He's going to, you know, take it him and Milano um, with, with Oliver there. And, you know, we've got some guys um, back at safety that can take care of it. Like we've never had an issue um, really a big issue in the secondary. I know that we lost the the Miami game with those guys out and things, but it was really telling when they moved Poyer over to um, free safety and then they brought Hamlin in instead of putting Jaquan Johnson in and playing yeah, Poyer I strong. I was like, man, that's crazy. I can't believe they did that. I didn't even really think about it. I was like, okay, Jaquan's in and we're going. Agreed. But, but not no, they're just so uh, uh, happy with the way Hamlin's progressed this year that it's just amazing to see. Like, okay, well, if Hamlin's getting groomed now, if high, you know, Hyde's going to be out, and then Hamlin's going to get almost a full season at strong safety now, and with Boyer moving over to free, then that makes a ton of sense that we wouldn't bring Boyer back next year because now so, we've got Hamlin. He'll be third year next year, right? Second year this year, and mm -hmm. and no, he'll no, no. Be, is said I thought he's been in the system for the same same amount of time as as Jaquan, but I might be wrong. I I, yeah, I don't I think know. Jaquan's a year ahead of him. But is anyways, yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, these guys are are fairly young anyway, and and they're going to be at a much cheaper price point, you know, mm -hmm. than than Hyde and Poyer. So um, there may be some sort of injury settlement. We we get, have to you know issue to Hyde, and then that opens up some some cap room. You can get the Ed Oliver and the and the Tremaine Edmonds done. 
And then you're also got to think about because Milano was only signed to what a two year extension, or is we have him? No, we've got him. We've got him for I think a four year. year. I think it was I a think four, four year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Very good. So okay, so like we actually we're talking about you know the safety position basically. Well, you know I I look at the Bills have always had a montage. See what I did there? Montage of safeties. Uh, you know, going back to guys like Jarris Bird or Aaron Williams and Corey Graham when those guys were paired up next to each other, and you know we saw Aaron Williams leave because of injury too, and we kind of thought, how are we going to replace some of those? guys but I think for me going into the season I wasn't so high on Tremaine Evans because of what I've seen I've always thought he had the potential he has had numbers but he didn't overall play to the level that we needed him to play at for what we brought him here to do but this year it's a much different story Tremaine Evans is an absolute force and him and Matt Milano have played well side by side that I think as much as we can credit this pass rush for making this easier for the secondary, I think we really need to take a look at the linebackers as how they play because week one, we got a real good idea of what the product looks like when we're healthy on the defensive line, when we have that rotation and we can get after the quarterback. We saw it, right? But when we've seen a little bit of it depleted and guys like Vaughn Miller not necessarily getting back there and getting the sack, well, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano have played exceptionally well and they've done their job containing Lamar Jackson. They've done their job containing Derrick Henry. They've done their job in these moments where before I didn't necessarily see that. So I thought before the season, I was definitely going to give Tremaine that chance. But hey, his physicality and his potential, if it came down to do you take Poyer or Tremaine Edmonds, I'm taking Tremaine Edmonds at this point. He's younger. He's got way more upside. His athleticism is off the charts. And his leadership is, is also pivotal to this football team as well. But I'm going to say this too. You know, people say that Jordan Poyer is older and that's why he doesn't deserve an extension. But I have to tell you, we all we all know his age might be older, but let's not forget that his mileage did not really start on his career until 2017 when he came over to the Buffalo Bills. So you're really looking at five years. But, you know, it's funny you bring up with Hyde, too, because I really look at the both of them as, you know, such great safeties. But what Micah Hyde definitely does is going to be something that we want to definitely probably keep around if he decides to play football. And his contract comes up in 2024, along with that Oliver and uh, Gabriel Davis and some guys like that, too. So, of course, I think Tremaine Edmonds is probably the answer for me. And, of course, if you guys have any questions for Nate Gary, uh, make sure to drop those when we uh, let you know because that will be coming up here very shortly. But we are joined here with Nate Gary of WGR 550. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to our next discussion. And this is going to be the Steelers and Bill's breakdown. Hey. This will be Kenny Pickett's first career start as he travels to Orchard Park with a terrible Steelers offense that has some playmakers. And coming off his first appearance in an NFL regular season game in which he threw no incompletions. He threw 10 completions to his team and three to the other. But he also <laughs> ran for two touchdowns. And ultimately, I think there's a little bit of a buzz going on in Pittsburgh. So I'm curious. Nate. And then I'll go to Mafia Montage right after this. But, Nate, what is your thoughts on Kenny Pickett thus far, uh, you know, being the only quarterback drafted in the first round of this year's draft? Um, Listen, I think he has the luxury of knowing that he can play aggressive. He can stretch the ball. He can put it down the field. Where Mitchell Trubisky's playing scared, you know, he's playing conservative, knowing that mistakes will cost him the opportunity to be the team starter. And that is always the juxtaposition as a quarterback is if I don't push the ball down the field, if I don't make plays with my arm down the field, they'll sit me. And if I try to force things and play, you know, throw the football down the field and I turn the football over and put my defense in, in bad situations, they're going to bench me. And that's sort of the impossible position that Mitch Trubisky found himself in as soon as 
the Steelers drafted Kenny Pickett. And, you know, what I saw in the second half of that game when he came out and started and after they, they had benched Trubisky. And it's not to say that Trubisky played poorly. That offensive line can't block particularly well. And I They needed a saw, spark, like Mike Tomlin said. I saw, it as, I saw a statistic or I saw that, that, that the Steelers' offensive line is ranked in the top 10 in pro football focus grades, which is astounding. Not uh, not the, a glowing uh, review of Pro Football Focus's grades, I guess. But um, yeah, they. I think overall, Mitch gives them a little. Or uh, I'm sorry, Kenny Pickett gives them a little bit of an edge. And I was disappointed that Trubisky did not use his athleticism, his feet more uh, as a weapon. I think uh, I think Kenny Pickett will do that. But I think Kenny Pickett's going to throw the football down the field. And I think the advantage that the Steelers have is that George Pickett is a stud. He can high point the ball. He can get up and go get it. Um, and, and win one-on-one battles. So can Deontay Johnson. So can Chase Claypool. So if you are in this game and you got Kenny Pickett, who's probably got a chip on his shoulder and looking to try to win the respect of his teammates, I can absolutely see him trying to put a couple of, you know, one-on-one and 50-50 balls up to George Pickens or to Deontay Johnson. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they come down with two or three of those uh, on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would expect that Pickens – probably has a decent game considering he's not going to be facing Jordan Poyer in that secondary and they're still obviously banged up and, and we'll see if Tremaine Edmonds plays and you'd be surprised with a rookie quarterback how effective the length of Tremaine Edmonds can be um, in the middle of that defense when you're a rookie quarterback wondering if you want to make a throw over the middle and you don't have a seven foot wingspan um, kind of clogging up those passing lanes it makes that defense a little bit more um, you know gettable over the middle of the field so I you know I think Kenny Pickett was a good pick um, I, I was surprised by it. I, I, I did think Malik Willis was the best quarterback coming out, uh, but I know why Pittsburgh picked him. He was the most refined. He was the most NFL ready. And I think, you know, we're going to get an opportunity to really see just how NFL ready he is uh, on Sunday. Okay. Excellent. I mean, I think that, you know, George Pickens has definitely made a lot of noise with his insane one-handed catch, which some people were putting on par with Odell Beckham juniors in his rookie season. Uh, I think that George Pickens definitely has, you know, he's got the championship DNA coming from Georgia out of this, you know, I think he was second round pick, which is amazing to me, but I think that he's overall got the big playmaking ability. I think that they're kind of having a tough time with guys like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool at this moment. They're still figuring out how to get Pat Freyermuth involved in the offense. They got some playmakers over there in Pittsburgh, but I think they kind of pick it overall. It's just that swagger that they needed to bring in. So with that being said, let's go ahead. Let's move on. Uh, We still got more ahead. Of course, we're going to get into a little bit of the Buffalo offensive approach with Nate, as well as defensively for the Buffalo Bills. And of course, our final score predictions and our three questions that we will open up to the floor for you guys for our special guest, Nate Gary. So let's take a look in Mafia Montage. Take us through this injury report, my friend. Uh, You got it. You got it. 45 minutes. Yeah, it's a lengthy (laughs) one, right? So, um, you know, Edmonds and uh, Oliver and Phillips, I guess, are are questionable on the more doubtful side, I believe you'd say. And then uh, you have Isaiah McKenzie, who has not cleared the concussion protocol, but he's gone through all the steps necessary. So I think you may see that uh, tomorrow that he's cleared. Um, and I would expect to see him out there on Sunday, hopefully. What do you think about that, Nate? Yeah, you know... I, I like I said I, I think um, in this game any of those questionables like I I, I think McKenzie's going to play I think Phillips and, and Oliver are both going to play um, which is a it's going to be great to have that back in the defense and and if there is even a question um, I think they'll they would sit Phillips another week uh, they've been historically very conservative about the soft tissue and those hamstring injuries um, giving those guys the extra week two weeks to get uh, to get fully healthy because those are the type of easily recurring injuries you get 
in the NFL, those, those soft tissue, those hamstring injuries. Um, so I, I think Oliver's a go, and I think he'll be a big, big help in this game against, again, I, I think an offensive line that's, that's not particularly good. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, so Pittsburgh's a little banged up in the uh, secondary there. They have a couple defensive backs out, uh, one defensive back out and two others questionable Terrell Edmonds and Cameron Sutton. So we'll see if those guys get on the field or not, but uh, would be nice to have Tremaine's brother out there. I like to see when he plays against his brothers. It's uh, just good fun. Bills is a very family oriented uh, football family. So it's good to see the family on the field. Okay, so Nate, uh, tell us, how do you think Buffalo approaches this game offensively with the Steelers kind of having some of a banged-up defense right now? I think they should try to run the football. Um, I'm not sure they'll be able to do it successfully. They really have not, even in really advantageous run looks. They have not been able to take advantage um, of really anybody yet this season. And, you know, there's a couple – short of a couple of broken runs, um, it's been pretty disappointing them trying to run the ball conventionally, and it's been kind of a problem – a sustained a problem – for this franchise uh, really since Sean McDermott's got here. And I know that's probably eaten away at him because he wants to be able to run the football. Um, but I think running the football is going to be important in this game, taking some pressure off Josh Allen, getting the downfield game going. If Gabriel Davis can can be closer to 100% and start stretching the field a little bit, he's got to follow the ball and he's got to make some catches. He had a couple of bad drops last week. The rain, difficult conditions, I get it. Um, and he had a bad drop against Miami, though. And I, and I think he's got to really – uh, focus in on there, there are any big things from him, but yeah, between that and I, I think you know, feeding Isaiah McKenzie, getting some yards after catching, hey, maybe getting James Cook a little confidence, get him going in this game couldn't hurt a, hurt as well. But yeah, I think establishing the run a little bit, and uh, on top of that, I think the, the sort of the next important thing for this game is going to be um, trying to really get that big play offense, those big chunk plays going again. Of course, I love it. I think, yeah, if Buffalo can establish that run, you know, it just makes them that much more of a threatening offense. And that's really what we've been waiting for uh, to click. So, of course, we are live here in the sit down on the built in Buffalo Network, joined here by Nate Geary of WGR 550. Let's go ahead. After the final score predictions, we are going to open up the floor to those three questions, which Mafia Montage, I will allow you to go ahead and select um, for our special guest. But, Nate, what is your final score prediction for this game? And then we'll get montages. Um, I like 30 to 14 in this game, which I recognize would cover, you know, I said, I didn't want that. I, I, I would probably have bet against the bills covering that, uh, that, that game, but, um, 30 to 14, you know, I, I think the bills have every, every capability of scoring points on the Steelers off or the Steelers defense. I think they will. I think Kenny Pickett will have some moments in this game, some opportunities, some good 50, 50 balls. He's got the guys to make the catches. So yeah, I, I like the bills and, and obviously I, I, I guess I'm admitting that I like him to cover as well. Okay. Yeah, I had 42, 17 on uh, the Buffalo blitz with Peter DBS, which by the way, this dude week. was mad close against uh, the Titans, by the way. Oh yeah. I had, uh, go off. I was off by a three I had 44, whatever Titans ended up with. And they ended up with 41, I think. Well, you know, my final score prediction is always bills by a billion, bills by a hundred. But no, really, I think something like 41 to 10, I think is kind of what I'm looking at. I think 41, bills score five touchdowns, kick a couple field goals. And I think maybe Kenny Pickett does get into the end zone. I think he turns it over a little bit. And I think that this Buffalo defense definitely gets after the young uh, rookie, of course, in his first career start in Orchard Park. So let's go ahead. And by the way, real quick, too, I want to say, Nate, thank you so much for joining us tonight, dude. Uh, Wonderful to get you on here. And, of course, with the charity event that you've got going on. And, honestly, it's just a real pleasure to be able to have you on here with us and here in the sit-down. So um, 
with that being said, let's go ahead, uh, montage. Let's go ahead. Let's find some comments out there to ask our special guest, Nate Geary. Yeah, just a couple of fantasy things here that we'll let you go through quickly, and then we'll get you out of here, Nate. Um, Chosen Rose, looking for a little advice on a trade. Jacobs mm. and Ertz for Travis Kelsey when he has Eckler, Chubb, Pierce, and Penny. Uh, if it's a dynasty league, I would probably say no, uh, only because, you know, you get the youth of Josh Jacobs. And Jacobs has been, I think, pretty darn good in that offense. Maybe a more surprising, considering they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, that maybe they were phasing him out. Uh, but he's looked really good. Uh, and I, I would tell you, if it's a tight end premium league, um, like I play in a couple leagues that it's a one and a half points per, per catch um, for tight ends because there's so few of them. So you, you give them a little bit of a premium to to have guys that maybe don't have an impact to, to at least have slight impact. But if it's full PPR, like it sounds like it is, I think it's a fine trade. I mean, you've got depth at running back that are all healthy. You got your two workhorses in, in Eckler and Chubb, and I think Pierce is a really good flex. So is Penny. Um, there's really not a lot of room on your roster for Jacobs. I, I think that's just by sheer numbers. That's probably a good trade. Okay. I think I have one right here too. montage. Um, and buddy seven, five P comes in. I got in. this one real quick. I picked that Roy Collins underwhelming offense thus far, which I kind of discussed a little bit in the show. And is that because of injuries or is that something that we're kind of alarmed about Nate? Well, I still think they're like top five in efficiency, top 10 in DVOA um, to the standard of, what they did in two games in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I would say underwhelming, but obviously a lot of people that's the ceiling and some people now have made that the standard. I I, I don't think they're going to have a lot of games where they just don't punt the football. I, it's, it's more, I would say an anomaly than it is the norm. So I, I don't want to say underwhelming. I want to say not nearly as efficient as we saw at the end of the year. And as long as they could get back to that going towards December and play their best football again, like they did at the end of the year last year, that's really when it's going to matter. Okay. And Montage, if you want to bring up that last one that you had before. Yeah, buddy 75 P is looking to DJ Moore or Alan Lazard. Uh Alan Lazard. Uh Baker Stinks. <laughs> I mean, as a, I was as a trying pretty to staunch... the train all year, and I just say man, I'd wrong. I tried I, <laughs> I tried to defend, to defend the ass. guy. I tried to but defend him year did. after year. Uh he stinks. And because of that, Even DJ Nick Moore Chuck is really unplayable. DJ Moore is pretty much unplayable. Alan Lazard's clearly wide receiver one there in Green Bay. I know Dobbs is starting to take over and starting to see some targets, but Alan Lazard is a stud, um, and he's the closest thing to a wide receiver one they have. I'm I'm, I'm going Lazard all day. All right, excellent. Of course, uh, with that being said, Nate, we're going to go ahead. We're going to let you get out of here, of course. I want to say once again, thank you for joining us here in the sit-down on Friday Pleasure, nights, man. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the built-in Buffalo Network. And real quick, you guys can hear Nate Geary pre-game, post-game, a little bit of the halftime, of course, on WGR 550. But, Nate, any other last words you want to give to the audience? Uh, if you're feeling bored after this, I'll be starting my next podcast at 9 p.m. with Bruce Nolan. on the. Uh, it's called Food for Thought. It's on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. We'll be hitting it up on uh, live on YouTube and StreamYard. You can check out the link at Bruce's uh, Twitter or mine. I'll be posting uh, the, live to, uh, the live feed um, as soon as it goes live. So, yeah, be doing that later tonight. Otherwise, find me on game day. Go Bills. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much Some again, Nate. We'll so much for joining us, and God bless, brother. Go Bills. All right, excellent, man. What a fucking show, dude. Let me just say that was absolutely incredible to have Nate Geary on, a guy that knows as much as he does and has that many actual direct con like connect, you know, contacts with the Buffalo Bills, but a guy that's also too, you know, on radio 
giving us updates constantly, man. What an absolute uh, pleasure it was. So, uh, Mafia Montage, of course, let's get back into some of the things that we were talking about. We are still live here in the sit-down on the Built-in Buffalo Network in partnership with West Tur, Ticket IQ, and Picasso's Pizza. And, of course, for the sit-down with Underdog Fantasy, promo code BIB for Built-in Buffalo to get your first deposit matched up to 100 hours and get into some daily fantasy and pick-ems in the world of sports gaming. So, all right, montage. I actually deleted that banner real quick, but let's okay. uh, let's go ahead. Let's talk about it. So, something you wanted to get into was how does the Bills approach this game defensively uh, against a young starting quarterback? Yeah, I think uh, if we can get those guys up front back from injury, Nate thinks that they will play. I was under the expectation they might just hold them out another week, and uh, it, with all of our starting. Um, pass rushing back, I think it's going to really um, just wreak havoc for Pittsburgh's offense, especially with the rookie quarterback. They're not clicking on all cylinders. Their offensive line cannot block very well. And I think it's just um, the consistent and constant pressure that Pickett's going to feel from this Bills pass rush is going to be super overwhelming. And I mean, it's overwhelmed uh, Matt Stafford, who won the Super Bowl last year. So I think that uh, bringing in a, a, a guy like Kenny Pickett um, on an offense as bad as this one is, is going to just be disastrous. And I think giving them 42 to 17 and giving them 17 points is, you know, like because Nate said uh, Pickett might throw one up to Pickens or Deontay Johnson here or there, and they might catch one or two out of the, you know, you know, ten, five, 10 attempts that they do that with. So I think it's just a matter of uh, happenstance that they might score a couple, but, um, you know, I expect the defense to, to, to be smothering. And, you know, we do have the, the two safeties back there with Jaquan Johnson and uh, DeMar Hamlin. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what they get stat wise, you know, and what, how they fit in. I think DeMar Hamlin's done a great job of blitzing off the edge and really fitting into the run game. So I'm super excited to see DeMar Hamlin out there more often and really getting, um, his footing in this defense. Cause I think that when we talked about contracts that fits in super well, that when you have a guy like DeMar Hamlin who can step in next year, potentially, and he's going to get now a full season to kind of uh, audition for that role. It's going to just uh, be very advantageous for this defense. And, you know, again, too. So I think when it comes to the defensive mindset is that, yeah, we have some guys missing, but we're going to get some guys back. And, you know, I think ultimately the plan and, and it would be the plan for any defensive coordinator and head coach against a first career start quarterback like Kenny Pickett on a struggling offense. I think the key is to bring pressure. And I think that's with guys like Greg Rousseau who have played lights out guys like Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa. And Von Miller, especially too, I'd like to see Von Miller really get after it and make a big difference too. But our defensive tackles have played well. Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano have played well. So I maybe expect a little bit more of a blitz, something a little bit that we haven't seen as much of with us typically rushing for and dropping the rest in coverage. Um, I don't expect us to necessarily play conservative. I expect us to try and go out there and assert ourselves as the better team. But let's take a look at back to, I wanted to talk about this too. Um, offensively, I think the Bill, the Buffalo Bills, yes, they want to establish the run, but they want to establish a receiver outside of Stephon Diggs as well because, yes, Stephon Diggs will get – he'll eat, he'll do whatever he's got to do, and, of course, that's what Josh loves to be able to go to him for, but we need to see like a guy like Gabriel Davis get it going. We need to see a guy like Khalil Shakir come in the game like he did last week with his first career catch going for a first down. I mean, we've been waiting for the kids, so I definitely think that we're going to see a few – 
uh, unfamiliar faces come onto the field and maybe get a chance. I still think Isaiah McKenzie might be a little bit limited. I know that Nate said that, you know, him coming out and having the non-contact injury uh, or a non-contact jersey is good to go. But I still think that that opens up the door for a guy like Khalil Shakir with the absence of Jamison Crowder and Jay Kumaro to command those other remaining targets and even Dawson Knox too. So I think, you know, it's just – Find out who really wants to earn an, earn a spot on this offense, who wants to step into this role right now, because that's one of the only positive things you can take away from injuries is it shows you what other guys are made of. It gives other guys an opportunity to step up and make a more significant plays. So I think that's yeah, I think offensively as well, uh, they really liked those um, kind of flat plays where they have two receivers run kind of go routes and they got another guy coming under in the flat there. And then also the sweeps. So they're really trying to get these guys out in space. And I really would like to see um, James Cook get going in those kind of situations too, depending on how healthy McKenzie's going to be and that kind of thing. I think this would be a really great time to really practice against another team, kind of pulling the guards or pulling a lineman or just coming in motion with Gilliam or something like that. They haven't executed that at all uh, this season. And I really want to see him, Kind of get into that and when they get a guy pulling into space they got to pick the right man to block and get the runner free and we should be able to spring something for 60 70 yards for a touchdown that's what i want to see and it's going to be cooker motor i'm thinking but uh we'll see kind of uh what what happens out there and i'm just i'm, I'm excited uh for the sunday uh the steers FTW stand for fall the wind. <laughs> I don't know what that means, fall but of course, wind, uh, yeah. you know, steers not for the wind. But of course, montage. I appreciate your take there, and of course, I, I appreciate Nate for coming on with us earlier. But let's go ahead. Of course, we are live here on the sit down on the Built in Buffalo Network in partnership with Picasso's Pizza West uh, Wester Ticket IQ, and of course, Underdog Fantasy is the proud sponsorship of the sit down. And so let's take it into our next segment, which we have every single week. Mafia. A montages maniac of the week brother take us through it i was debating a couple of guys and i think what i want to do here is um is go with kair elam the rookie number 24 um, defensive back and i want to do that because i think he's been quietly um so solid in the passing game and i think this week when he starts going up against a guy like deontay johnson um, or Pickens or someone or even Claypool in certain situations, I think those guys are going to enter his zone and Pickett's going to want to throw them the ball. And I think that this is a week where we could see uh, maybe one or two of Kyrie Elam's, uh first interceptions in the league there. So um, I'm really looking forward to the rookie coming in and um, and taking advantage of Pittsburgh's kind of poor offense and with Pickett having to get the ball out quickly, he's going to try to focus on some guys and those guys are going to be in Kyrie Elam's reach. And I think that it's going to be super important um, for his confidence moving forward as well. If he can get a couple of, um, you know, breakups as well as maybe an interception or two. And I'm thinking too. Excellent. So, I mean, I'm definitely waiting for his first career interception. And I think that he's definitely due against, you know, another rookie starter going against him. Of course, both first round picks, but I like that montage. Of course, your maniac of the week is always a segment here on the sit down. And let's go ahead into our next segment, which is every single week. And that is sauce God's wing of the week. Now I know we had some recommendations from Nate. And of course I discussed a little bit of some of my favorites, but this week is going to be 
BJ's in Fredonia. That is BJ's Bar in Fredonia, of course, for all you college kids out there, for my friends in Dunkirk and New York, uh, what, Dunkirk and Fredonia, New York. You guys know exactly where I'm talking about. BJ's Friday nights, I believe it's 75 or 60 cent wings or something like that. Get them wet, hot, extra crispy Tom sauce. God sent you. That's at BJ's in Fredonia, of course. And that is going to conclude it for us here. And I want to say, to all those that have liked and shared, thank you very much. I want to say again to my co-host, Mafia Montage, thank you very much, brother. And, of course, to our special guest, Nate, uh, special guest, Nate Geary of WGR 550 that was kind enough to join us tonight here in the sit-down, which is every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Built-In Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Subscribe to us if you haven't done so already. Follow us already if you haven't done so already. And like us if you haven't done so already. And join us here next Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time time in the sit down of course from all of us here built in buffalo we say to you go bills baby go bills bills by a hundred